Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this, a movie podcast with Charlie and Eric. Hey. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Welcome. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I like that. I'm in a, that's I'm in a like a little mood. uh that's like a little podcast ad we could drop in somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, we can we'll, we can clip that. We'll put a little like bing bong bing bong yeah, behind make us. A, make a oh, little like note that. to clip that. That was this, nice. This this is a movie podcast. Yeah, and we're here to talk about a really fun one. Like a legendary video store one oh. for me. Waxwork. Like Wax the quintessential work. like VHS era horror movie. This is in every way. Yeah, this is one that's new to me, but it's been on my list for a decade plus. Yeah, and uh, man, it delivered. It's cool. It got it's got the wax, and <laughs> it's get got the, the work. You get you, the work. You do the work, you get the wax. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's this weird, wildly shifting tone, overly long gem of the best era of cheap horror that 1988 year that we talk about Uh, so often i think just in the last few months we've done you know bad dreams mm -hmm. maniac cop i'm sure i'm sure others demons we're gonna do like i'm sure there's so many others that are just 1988 i think we've it's been brought up like the late 80s is kind of like the last time you had real true like no computers. Yeah. Everything's on the screen. There's a guy puppeting or, or, or <laughs> squibbing. The last, or, last honest era yeah. of low-budget filmmaking. You, you get what you see kind of a thing. In the best way. And this is filled. They, they, they do it all here. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He, this is one of those where the guy, Anthony Hickox, who, who writes and directs this, this mm-hmm. is his first thing. Yeah. And I almost want to tell him slow down. <laughs> it's so great. You're, you're, you're hitting too many buttons. No here, way, man. man. I love like this save idea. something for this for the next movie. I love the idea <laughs> of a of a guy coming up with a total half baked but ambitious horror movie idea, jamming out a script in probably you know two weeks. I Somehow think days. I think I read days. days yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? And. These scenes write themselves. That's yeah, what's just <laughs> getting this greenlit, that thought process of this all seems happenstance. Mm. I'm going to fit as much of my shit in as possible. Like, go for it like it's the only movie you're going to make. And I think, so. I think you got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Waxwork is gloriously unfocused because of that, but you can also tell just how much joy. <laughs> and uh, just glee around wanting to do all this stuff. It it leads to a bunch of weird tone shifts and odd moods that the comedy doesn't always quite hit as comedy, and there's some really dark stuff that, if it wanted to, could have hit really dark and dramatic. Mm-hmm. But it kept, So it kept bouncing us between these moods that it never really got under my skin, but it was so awesome to look at. It's a joy <laughs> for its whole runtime. No, it's it's a, just a total like delight. That that's what it is. It's it's not anything like a, an Argento that's going to try to actually scare you. Yeah, it's just reveling in, <laughs> and it's it's we've done movies like Popcorn, 
uh, where there's movies within a movie. Mm-hmm. And this makes me think of other movies, kind of like a Bill and Ted almost, <laughs> where it's just like, we get to do a bunch of different things. A horror and Bill and Ted. This movie, basically, instead of a, a, a phone booth, it's a wax museum. Yeah. And you get to travel to all these little scenarios and have these you know, bits, and it's almost like a almost like an anthology. It's movie. very similar to anthology. It felt more like a bunch of. Uh, it felt like now it would be a weekly streaming series on Shutter, right? Where a new wax work, you know, somebody gets sucked into a new wax display. A lot of these could easily be stretched out to a twenty-two minute episodic yeah. runtime. That's and the that's ba- what the movie kind of devolves into in fun ways. Yeah, the basic plot is just that a wax work museum. And by the way, that's I'm going to talk about that later. Yeah, a museum with wax sculptures opens up, but if you go into the sculpture, you go into the scenario and become a victim. It feels of, like it's like a video and, game. Yeah, it really is. You're it's jumping like a, into the Mario 64 painting. It's exactly that. And so <laughs> these kids figure that out and then have to defeat the evil waxwork guy. Yeah. Now, problem number one: mm-hmm. waxwork. Uh, I don't know that to be a, a word. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, the, the everybody pe- <laughs> immediately knows all... Like, everybody's super intrigued by the new waxwork in town. It's as if... I mean, I know what a, ma- a wax museum is. Uh-huh. And I know, like, what a house of wax is. Yes. But these people act like, oh, yeah, the new waxwork over on Jefferson? Yeah. yeah. You know, the waxwork. Super casual approach to town Long line of waxworks wax in this town, apparently. Just open it up on a street block. Just open up in a house. Just in a it's residential like downtown. neighborhood. It's just in a neighborhood. Just the the wax work in the middle of the street. And everybody just knows about it. And it just shows up. And it's also like the house from Willard and a bunch of other like, weird <laughs> yeah. horror, horror movies. It was in Witchboard. Yes. That's yeah, it. We yeah. watched that recently. But uh, yeah, the, the, the kids, uh, I love all the snarky teenagers. Great 80s cast teenagers. of kids. I so you'd not seen it. We watched it recently we did. together. You'd never seen it before. Were you familiar? Not. You this was one that I really had that childhood fascination with of staring at it in the video store. That's why I think of this as a classic video store mm-hmm. movie. I'm sure it must have been successful at the rentals because it made no money at theaters. It, it did not make got a money sequel. in the box office, but it yeah, it must have rented because it got a sequel. And, and with uh, this poster. Obviously, had to have been yeah. a hit at the rental store. Just look up Waxwork on IMDb, and you'll see the iconic poster, which has kind of got this society vibe, and it's this a gorgeous kind of poster, poltergeist vibe. It's a gorgeous poster with nonsensical movie quips. <laughs> yeah, the the, the movie this is like the era taglines. Of like nine taglines on a poster. So another video store movie that we talked about that I stared at all the time from. You know, I stared at these movies because I wasn't allowed to rent horror movies, so I could only watch the video store box. Right. So the better the box, that was all the visuals I had. So if it, it was one of those that had like four pictures on the back, it'd be like, oh man, I'm getting to see so much of this movie that I'm not allowed to watch. <laughs> right. And Waxwork was one of those ones due to its gorgeous, weird, melty, surreal poster and our little man Hans front and center. What a legend. Oh. We'll talk about. We'll talk. I got twenty minutes on Hans. We got things to say. So this one, popcorn phenomena, when it was called Creepers, mm. whatever. Yeah, those yeah. were three that you know that was like eighty-seven to eighty-nine that I would just stare at. Box and, art, oh. all stars. But then the tagline for Waxwork is uh, more fun than a barrel of mummies. <laughs> 
You got that right. I don't even... Having watched Waxwork many times, I have no idea what they're trying to sell me on with this scene. What is it? Yeah. So it's such a weird, like, this poster looks insane. I have no idea what this means. Is it a mummy movie? There's no mummies on the box art. There's a mummy in the movie for, like, four minutes. It's a weird thing to stake the whole movie on. Even if you're, like, trying to play on, like, a barrel of monkeys, I guess. Barrel of monkeys, yeah. Mummies, monkeys, that's mm-hmm. not going to play here, Waxwork. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's just a... But like that's like the, the below the title, and then the above the title is a, a separate tagline. Stop on by and give Afterlife a try. Yeah, so both of them are pretty much duds. <sighs> Which one do I hate more? <laughs> like, uh, after... Ooh, I want to hate them both so bad. <laughs> and, I'm wa- you know, and then you look over but right next so to gorgeous. it at Popcorn, movie that came out at a similar time, uh. and you see... Buy a bag. Go home in a box. Oh, waxwork. Where do you do? Spend some time on your selling. Punch up that slogan. If I yeah. was the guy that drew the waxwork poster, and I saw that written across my yeah, right. art, you're like, really? <laughs> That's what you got. <laughs> yeah. Like it sounds like they in parentheses would have written like bicycle horn sound. Just like the worst uh, slide that. whistle pun. I love the thought of that artist who's like staying up till two in the morning every night, like getting this done, mm-hmm. sweating the deadline. <laughs> then he sees that six months later, like, fuck. What? <laughs> Just written right over the top and bottom of your art under that sick waxwork title font. That's a good that font. That hot pink or, or faded red. I don't know. It depends on if you watched on VHS or what quality. Uh, you get that great Vestron logo at the oh, beginning. Yeah. This is like a classic Vestron. Uh, had to ha- again, had to be a rentals earner. I don't think we get Waxwork Two Lost in Time without uh, this one getting sold based on its poster alone. I'm gonna look up who that guy is. I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gushing over this artist. great poster art and just like, oh, who uh, knows? We're like Drew Struzan. What? The- <laughs> But this is like a great horror cast. I'm kind of a, I'm a Foreman fanatic. Oh, okay. I love Deborah Foreman. Yeah. She did a couple. She was in uh, April Fool's Day as well. But other 80s stuff like uh, Real Genius and she was the Valley Girl in Valley Girl. She had a great run for like five or six years. She's very cute. She's super cute. Yeah. And so I was all, that. that's probably why I saw this initially. Just filling out that Foreman foreman uh, checklist all right got my chauffeur now we get into the horror and uh also got bobby briggs from <laughs> Twin oh Peaks. man what a butthead dana ashbrook as yeah. like this is what i was watching this and i was like do uh did david lynch and mark frost know that he had done this character already in mm-hmm. waxwork when they it's hired totally him to play bobby. bobby briggs oh my god it is the same exact thing. yeah it's so weird seeing bobby he doesn't have his leather jacket but everything else is just bobby it's like lynch literally took this and you know it's like people under the stairs took wendy Roby mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> everett mcgill and just said yeah do your twin peaks bit and this psycho movie it really feels like david lynch must have seen waxwork I just love the thought of him like seeing it like maybe in the late nineties, like on TV (laughs) or something, and being like, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He got duped. Dana never told me about this. (laughs) He calls up Dana. Oh, but yeah, you get um also Zach Gallican is like a rich kid, 
but he also kind of looks like a weird po- chubby polo dad for the latter yeah. half of the movie. This is a weird, like, late <laughs> Unfortunate 80s Galligan, Galligan uh, look. He probably did Gremlins 2 right after this, yes. I would think. But yeah, Gremlins 2 led this. This is the, the Gremlins kid. Uh, but yeah, this is... He's got an early scene that made me think this was going to be some kind of art house movie because he's at this breakfast table with his mother and they're having this very affected conversation about, I when will you serve me coffee? I, yeah. I need my caffeine. And then mother, he, I need my caffeine and it's, badly. It's like very strange. It's like dialogue from a Tim Heidecker kind of yeah. adult swim vibe yeah, to it. Yeah, it's definitely got that vibe. And then he meets up with his butler, Jenkins, who gives him his caffeine and his nicotine and, a, and lights a cigarette. And it's just... It's it, one of those movies it, that... It's, at, at first glance, I was like, uh, what, what are we doing here? Like, Kind of the joy that comes from one of these low-budget, straight-to-video first movies. Like, Usually the best part about it, and I think it's the reason why we seek out so much shot-on-video kind of horror and that kind of cheapness, is just a guy getting a chance to put his ideas out there. And I love, we talked about the tonal shifts that are going to come with that because it genuinely feels like, I've never written a script before. <laughs> I'm just going to go with ideas. So the movie starts... I wrote this one in, yeah, three days or The whatever. movie starts as this, like, zany satire on the the wealth class. Exactly. And nothing else in the movie <laughs> becomes that. It drops that pretty the movie, quickly. The movie, at one point, for no reason, switches to, like, a smoky 40, 40s detective noir. Just becomes a noir flick for 10 minutes in the middle 30. The mo- It's like the guy just, like... These are things I've seen in movies and TV, and now's my chance. And that's part of the charm. And, and they're like college kids, but there's also like the football jock <laughs> aspect. Yeah. So they're basically hanging out on the bleachers like they're high school. Yeah. The daily, it's like Saved by the Bell, but at college. Yeah. The college years. Yeah. And they're total preppies, but then that kind of, they just kind of turn into normal people about 45 minutes in <laughs> when they just need to go through motion and stuff. Yeah. It starts out really strange. like a Saved by the Bell kind of teen comedy satire until they don't need them to be those people anymore <laughs> for like most of the movie and we don't care like i'm not sitting there going like why isn't this guy being a pompous asshole anymore well yeah once they it's just got this mix of the weird dialogue the feeling of adults who don't know teens writing dialogue for people in their mid to late 20s playing teens and it's got those weird, like, teens don't talk like this. I was alive around this era. I remember this. But you got really dated stuff, like Bobby Briggs' characters does, like, a Maurice Chevalier impression. I Thank you. I was going to bring that up. Like, <laughs> really dated reference said by these We've kids. seen a bunch of 80s movies now where teenagers do references from, like, the 50s yeah. and before. <laughs> like, in Friday the 13th, they're, like, doing, like, Bogart-like... Yeah, sweetheart. Yeah, they're all referencing stuff. It's 1980. And then this guy's like doing a full on, what is that? That's like he's doing the Pepe uh, Le Pew. Thank heavens for little. Just like Maurice Chevalier was dead for 20 years by the time Waxwork came out. It would literally be like we write a movie and a guy's doing a George Burns thing now <laughs> yeah. in 2020. He's doing these birds. Like, he's well, been dead. There was a weird old comedy that survived for his like how many you know we all watch looney tunes cartoons those were from the 40s and 50s and they were yeah. being shown to us in the 90s i guess that's right filled yeah. with all these old impressions of people that we would not know just deep references that your parents remember from when they were 
kids, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just deep cut references that were just being presented to us at face value. Well, like, it, yeah. well, then it went to stuff like Animaniacs and Tiny Toon Adventures, which made the same references from the 30s and 40s. Right. And that's how you end up with Maurice Chevalier somehow being more culturally spread through 70 years of entertainment so that a horror movie made by some guy who's never written a script before. It's like, well, uh, what do teens say? Uh, Are they still doing Maurice Chevalier impressions? Well, that just made me think I was like, when I was a kid, you could still find Groucho Marx glasses and nose things in the store. Like, Groucho Marx. Yeah. The guy from the 30s. (laughs) Yeah, Duck Soup, which what, mid-30s? Yeah, you kids from the 80s and 90s. Remember, yeah, somehow that just lived on. Yeah, for for as quickly as we move on from so... (laughs) Movies that nobody talks about that came out within the decade, you know, that the culture's just already moved past. To think how unnecessarily durable some of these (laughs) comedy norms and impressions and scenarios have been, so that they're turning up in 1988's Waxwork. Yeah. But at the same time, I'd like to say uh, the character of China, who I am. Uh, <laughs> deeply in love with. <laughs> like, see, I'm the I'm the Foreman fanatic. You're into into. I'm the China guy. China, that actress. I like her so much. She, I don't know. I guess I just must have seen Waxwork more than I've realized because she, there's such a familiarity to her. She seems like the perfect version of a girl we've seen in tons of this era horror movies, but she's not in anything else that I would have well, recognized. To me, she is the. Uh, the 80s version of uh, Keira Knightley or hmm. someone like that, but like from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Like she's she's got a take she's, no shit attitude. She's got a good sass. She's got the dark eyebrows that make, to me she looks like her, right? But the Blonde hair with the, the brown eyebrows. But yeah, sure. she's a girl named China and uh, my favorite quote of hers, I do what I want when I want. Dig it or fuck off. Oh, that's when. And that's where I'm like, yes. The guy doing Maurice Chevalier, I don't need to care about, but China, so, who's telling you to dig it or fuck off, I'll I'll follow her. This is pre Heather's. This is pre Heather's. Like, I feel this like is, this is a prototype character for Heather's. This is pre Heather's, and it's pre Twin Peaks. And I'm yeah. sorry, after this movie starts as a wealth satire and then moves into like a high school students with older than high school students satire in a small town, this movie starts to feel like Twin Peaks three years before Twin Peaks. I think I would have felt that way even without a main Twin Peaks well, character in the main cast. You also have a midget and then an incredibly tall man who <laughs> will be appearing in this movie. I mean, even before that, that when... I, when, I know what you mean, though. When yeah. China said that, you know, she does what she wants because she can, that's her, like, Aubrey Horn. Oh, kinda, yeah. You know, like, I do what I want because I'm Aubrey Horn. I also like that character. A lot. You know, I that's my favorite I, Twin Peaks character. Yeah. Well, no, it's definitely uh, well, the one that's like, oh, you guys are also doing this murder investigation. I was also going to be really interested in this murder just to get closer to this guy I like. Yeah. We'll come back and reconvene on what we find in the coolest way. I love that character. And so I totally get the China love here because it's that character. And, and her and Sarah, uh, who is the Deborah Foreman character, mm-hmm. are good friends. And they're the ones who come across... As he's credited in the movie, Waxwork Man. Waxwork Man. Uh, David Warner, who's a That guy's legend. a character actor legend. 200 plus credits. You know him. I know him as the scientist from Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret <laughs> of the Use. Is that really? Is that what we... 
That's where That's I know That's what we know. <laughs> Man with over 200 credits, you say. He's the guy who came and you up col- with the use. You wouldn't have said, like, Titanic. Yeah, he's in Titanic. What everyone, he's what, in Tron. What you and me know him from. What, what That's you, such what a limb sp- <laughs> to speak for so many people on. Come on, the Ninja Turtles, man. The, the secret so of the use. I don't know. That seems... He's in In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, is his great genre role. That's a great one too. That's that's like his his iconic one. He's a great small town foreign guy, you know, British guy. You know guy. the guy. The, you know. Great the all the Plays two different crew. characters in two different Star Trek movies. Oh like, yeah, he is in like the later sequels, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this guy is like a genre legend. So he's they got And he's the waxwork man. He's waxwork man. He owns the waxwork. You think it'd be just like... Ger- how everyone, hard would it everyone's be- just throwing around the word waxwork. Like, yes, oh, I own this waxwork. Oh, this is your waxwork? Oh, the waxwork is open. Did the- you guys hear about the new waxwork? No one says waxwork That's in the real world. That's the great Twin Peaks <laughs> before Twin Peaks vibe to it. Is it a small town who just knows what a waxwork is? Just like, and everybody oh, the new waxwork. There's even a line, and it's a great line. This is how you know the movie is self-aware enough to be it has to be making these jokes they oh, can't yeah. just really be taking this seriously when uh, when a woman doesn't know where her kids are at and she says oh she was gonna go to that midnight waxwork party because <laughs> <laughs> they get igni- invited by waxwork man to come back at midnight that's when it's opening yeah this man Private just invites showing. you back and uh, your girl china what does she say it's like oh it's a perfect time after dinner before breakfast I love her. She's I great. I love China. She's great. Uh, Michelle Johnson, give me a call. And, uh, uh, <laughs> she's probably like in her early 60s now. I um, would like to talk to Michelle Johnson. <laughs> I'm, I read a long time ago, Deborah Foreman is like, uh, she's like a Pilates instructor. You mm-hmm. know, has, you know, stopped acting in the 90s, just dedicated to Pilates, did 20 films or so. That's good. You retire cute forever. That's it. Get a get a side gig, live it out. I love them together. It's a great group of kids. It's a weird, funny jokiness to the movie. Yeah. And then it kind of takes all of that away and gets a little more like uh, it keeps kind of bouncing back in different ways between really dark horror. It gets to some pretty. It becomes an awesome special effects bonanza. It really does with some gory, grisly stuff that kind of outgores the lighter tone. Of part of this movie, so it's uh, we've talked a lot, lot lately about Italian movies with tonal shifts mm-hmm. uh, to really just shock you from classy to disgusting, and this is one of those late '80s first-time feature. Like I can write some jokes, and they won't totally fit in the movie, but then uh, this guy's going crazy with special effects, so we're putting all of them in, and that's kind of what makes this. Uh, it could have been better if they'd leaned in any direction but also it makes it so infinitely watchable to me because it just feels like this loose anthology in a fun way that they can just keep doing forever. That's why I'm shocked too, it's not yeah. a, a Shutter series because they already uh, showed 20 different wax exhibits in the movie and we oh, only yeah. get five trips. This is what like uh, the uh, Neon Demons should have been with like the 12 crazy demon <laughs> characters who were like, all right, so so. This is, I was These not guys. expecting Neon Demon to come up. <laughs> As a comparison in any way well, to waxwork. Yeah, the, the idea is that the waxwork that these uh, the four friends go to, it's got all these wax museum scenes of horror, and it's all classic horror stuff. 
Yeah. There's mummies and Frankensteins and mad scientists and axe-wielding maniacs. But if you go into the display, (laughs) display. you get sucked into this real world, and they, I guess, collect your soul. Yeah, they collect your soul soul and become part of the the wax exhibit, which is a cool... Yeah, you show up as a wax dummy. That's a cool concept that, you know, sometimes we watch a movie... And we talk about, ooh, this would have been cooler if they had made it in this era. You know, I would have right. liked it with less of this digital stuff. Like, I would have loved to see a 19. This is the the perfect movie for its era. Because it's just a bunch, it becomes a bunch of different set pieces for makeup effects gore. Right. And it can jump around to these different areas because of the loose plot that allows it to bounce around in time and place and era. So it just allows it to be this showcase for this crazy work of, uh, oh, what's his name? I I looked it up earlier and watched a feature on him, uh, Bob Keen, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob the, Keen, the, who the done uh, he did like yeah he did guy. the like Hellraiser movies, effects and uh, one of our favorite messy horror movies ever, Candyman. Oh yeah, he's the guy painting those Candyman scenes blood splattered. This is a guy that can uh, turn like strawberries and rhubarb oh, into is that what raw the stew meat. was yeah oh my god it did look like fruit salad on when i scanned through it but it's disgusting oh god what a gross no. stew we get great wolfman effects with with yeah, john reese davies somehow this, in this movie, movie gets a weird amount of talented actors you just with um you know just with uh david warner and jonathan reese davies yeah like it's a weird amount of uh you know, actor that gets good gigs during this era. They weren't getting older actors slumming it. They were getting guys while they were doing other stuff. Deborah Foreman was a commodity. She was in a lot of popular movies. You know, that's a cool actress to get to be your third or fourth, you know, lead and then final girl. You got a guy like uh, Patrick McNee, who's in things since the Avengers series back in the 70s, oh, wow. 60s and 70s, Howling and uh, James Bond <laughs> movies. He's great. He's the guy in the wheelchair. Oh yeah, he's kind of a late third Sir act Wilfred. character. Yeah, that is that is like a guy you see in a lot of places. Yeah. So they get a lot of familiar, you know, actor actors in this movie. That's cheap and gory and silly and all over the place. And they get to put them in these great Wolfman in a cabin scenarios. I didn't know Jonathan. You know, before Waxworks, who would have thought Jonathan Reese Davies has a fun vampire scene? Yeah, a eight minute vampire scene. Eight minute. Well, he's the Wolfman. He's the uh-huh. Wolfman. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the wolf effects. You can tell somebody liked the howling. Yeah. <laughs> they literally must have told the guy just make the wolf from the howling. Right. That's it. Looks the best. It's pretty cool. But you get, the movie gets violent and dark at times, but they keep writing jokes. <laughs> There's a great gag where you get this full uh, Davies uh, werewolf transformation, not as in-depth as American Werewolf or The Howling, but right, right, you get right. cool wolf effects. And you get a guy bouncing a chair off him <laughs> and he kind of does a little dirt off his shoulder shoulder swipe before ripping the guy's head off right so it's that level of horror comedy but usually when it's a horror comedy of that era the horror isn't so like violent and this gets really bloody and really ripping well in a lot of scenes yeah in the next segment our my girl china gets sucked into the vampire scene and uh there's what a, a whole scene, man. 
So not only does she sit at the table eating this raw meat in a very long and disgusting, like slurping kind of scene. These are like, usually it's that great dichotomy because the vampires are always presented so classy in oh, their yeah. castles. These are great classic and this was like, not like, interview with a vampire Yeah, type. this is vampires just eating sloppy human stew. Yeah. Just human flesh and, and salty blood, and just then she, slurping it. She, uh, it, it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, like you're dropped in a scenario, and uh, suddenly she's like given a personality that she's kind of under the spell of, yeah, thinking that she's this person who's got a fiance and this and that. And man, there's this whole scene where she goes down into the basement of this castle. Oh, Her fiance man. is tied up, his leg is being used as meat dude and, and <laughs> let me tell you bone, it's like bone exposed bone that was so leg sick. meat and this guy just screaming anytime anyone touches his leg and it's a comedy yeah it's yeah also that's a what comedy. like so you know i was probably a couple a couple two or three beers deep when we were watching wax work so i'm sitting there you get that weird level of uh, intense concentration you know watching some <laughs> of this stuff and suddenly once she discovers what she's eaten and you get this you get a long dining scene. Yeah. You get a table full of, uh, you know, gothic era, ornate Marie Antoinette style vampires, you know, like slurping up this a lot of Victorian sloppy shit stew. Going on in this, yeah, movie. And she's just going for it. And, you know, it does look like kind of strawberries and dates with like cherry pie filling over it. But some of that stew is all dark and everybody's slurping it it's up. It's the slurping noises. Yeah. And so you're going from this weird eating scene and eating stuff's kind of off-putting anyway but then it turns into like disgusting like the road level of of gross <laughs> exactly where that you find these vampires aren't there's no romanticism anymore with these you know victorian vampires now they're just got a guy chained up that they've been harvesting his meat just a man with raw bones sticking out that he's had meat plumbed from yeah. just chained to a table i was in shock it's like what are you doing to me waxwork are we being silly are you just showing me exposed nerve endings that a guy's just in constant tortured just agony? Screaming in agony as a rat chews on his exposed leg bone. Yeah. What what Fun. movie are we making here? And then we go into this crazy we China becomes like uh like the bride she's, and kill Bill, man. Yeah, she goes vampire slayer. She's she's sl- there's blood splatter. That was so splattery. I heard a lot of that got cut or I read on the maybe the IMDb that like it's funny because you watch that scene and she's stabbing all these vampires yeah. with a, a stake, and it kind of goes from like the wall behind her is white. Next shot, the wall behind her completely red. Like, <laughs> oh, oh it, I, that blood gets up there quick. I think, I think they, uh, yeah, I think they had to cut some blood squib and uh, to make this uh, to make this. Yeah, rating. know that. But <laughs> man, she is soaking in it, pine saw style. Yeah, it is. It is so bloody and so. Uh, oh God, that. The one vampire gets uh, just rips a chunk off this guy's leg, his exposed oh, leg well, flesh. How about the vampire's head explodes when she puts the cross on his forehead? Oh, that's, and you just yeah, see like yeah. his like blown that's what, out football head. That's afterwards. why it's amazing the the dedication and work that Bob Keen put into all these. You could tell it was just him with a bunch of ideas getting to use them. Right. And I'm sure he was working 22 hour days for like nine months I to would do say so. to do this. I, I would hope so because. Uh, Bobby Briggs meets his fate in the first scene, getting shotgunned mid werewolf transformation. Yeah, so he got to do a great mid transformation death. All these deaths get great big numbers. Yeah, you get the head exploding, a gorgeous one, man. 
what an effects affects person's dream a one vampire goddess getting impaled with champagne bottles oh yeah getting thrown into a wine rack just impaled by bottles and then and then this is right after <laughs> that's right after china gets one scene perfectly white three seconds later she's carrie man yeah. she's carrie just covered in pig's blood and then she gets just <laughs> Host with champagne. <laughs> Two seconds later, she just gets power washed it's with great. like five popped corks of champagne. That's just, great. And she's just running around screaming with a steak. Like, oh, that's what happened. That's why the one time I got the invite to the midnight waxwork party, I like made up an excuse. You never know I, what you're missing, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't trust them. They show up in, in town, they got Hans working the door. Right. I want to do some Hans appreciation podcast. Uh, I want to do my tight 23 on Hans. I don't know how you say the guy's name. Uh, Mihaly Mazaros? Yeah, he was, what, uh, like uh, Hungarian or something. Yeah, he's a little man, he, a two foot nine. You know what he was? He's Alf. What, he's what? Re- he was real oh, Alf. Like, when they uh, needed Alf in the to. Suit? Yeah. When they needed oh, Alf to, to, like, move. He was Alf. Alien laugh form? Yeah. He was Gordon Shumway. That's... This dude was... There you go. Yeah. I I have seen a weird amount of his career. Like, (laughs) if he had been a few years younger, he probably would have been R2-D2, right? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure he was pissed when he lost the (laughs) R2 gig, man. And then... Baker got a rivalry And then when he loses Wicket, it's just like, what the... What do I gotta do? And then he's like, "He sued. Someday I'll he get sued. my own wicket." He said it's because of the thick Hungarian accent, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That I don't get to be Willow or oh. some shit. <laughs> but how how great is that? That this dude he was a circus performer. He's like a Barnum and Bailey circus performer. Yeah, two foot nine guy. He is so adorable <laughs> in waxwork. <laughs> I love him so much. He's so funny and so he he moves like a. Like a little, you know, he's a, you could tell he's a, when I read he was a circus performer, he moves like a vaudevillain. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, he has that delivery. He knows how to deliver comedy. And it's like, man, I wish they would have either given me more of that Hans kind of comedy and given me more of that satire or given me more of that gore and horror. I don't know if I wanted both. It feels like there's more movie here. Because a waxwork, as I understand them to be, okay, very vaudevillian, like uh, that. that is of that, ter- you know, that era. Yeah. But the movie also feels like the Fun House, sure. And you know, so it's got that circus. It's got that, kind of yeah. Feel. It's got a carny feel to it, and it, he brings it. You also get the freakishly tall other butler. Yeah, it, it's a, it, the that's movie I mean, knows it's it's silly old Fun House effects carny kind of things, right? I, yeah. And I wish it would have leaned deeper into that. I want. What I'm saying is, I just want more Hans. I want all the Hans I could get. I'll take some Franz even. I don't care. Yeah, just give him to me. That guy is so funny with yeah, his little bow. He's kind of his... under. He's really kind of only in a scene and a half and a little bit at the end. But yeah, yeah. I, Every time he's on, he's a total show stealer. Should have been more. He's got. He's kind of funny, sassy. He's confident in his uh, in his abilities. He gets like flustered when the guy doesn't do his job well. He's just got such a great little like. I can't believe. I don't even think he's in the sequel. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, dude? how could you not Bruce get Bruce Campbell's this? in the sequel and they don't bring back Hans? <laughs> right. How do you not? How is the next movie not just about Hans? How do we never get any deeper story? Of That's this guy? the one thing the Poltergeist movies got right. See? You bring back Zelda God. Rubenstein. 
one minute ago, I was going to bring up like <laughs> Zelda Rubenstein was probably the same where they probably wrote this like seven minute character and right. then they're like, oh no, we got to give her more movies. time. Oh yeah. We got to give her time. People are going to love her. How do you not immediately come back with Hans just either his full backstory or him <laughs> just running a Hans. new, yeah, origin of Hans. Because you never find out anything. Like, why is he working for this dude? No idea. Like, it's bad news. How'd he fall in with these people and not get turned into is a, into a wax? wax? Yeah. Who I is don't this even guy? Know. Yeah, well, there's he moves kind of with that little like. I was like, no, like he could be like a wind up toy or something. I was right. Dude, you read my mind again. Yeah. I was thinking of the toy in JL's apartment in Blade Runner. It, right. His like little marching toys that 100%. that talk to him. It feels like he could be that guy. He could be fake. And this movie home just again home again. Yeah, we we so th- the plot allows it to jump into a different genre every fifteen minutes. But then all the stuff between that plot device also opts to jump into a different genre. Yeah. <laughs> it does not stick to one tone in between all of the weird trips into waxwork displays. It suddenly becomes a, de- a 40s detective noir. Oh, man. He, he goes to... The, he find, So the two, suddenly friends, the, yeah. the two friends disappear. Uh, at a waxworks. At the waxwork, as you do. Zach Galligan, Gremlin's kid, goes to the cops because his friends have disappeared. And yeah, it turns into like a dirty, hairy, like smoking in the in the cop room. Well, seven o'clock shadow cop who's like, you know how many people have disappeared in this town in the last two weeks? Oh yeah, suddenly it looks like this black and white old noir parody. It's we get a shot even shot through a ceiling fan. <laughs> yeah, of a detective leaning back in his office chair. I'm like surprised they pondering. didn't do like a voiceover. Oh, know, like, it needed a narration. Yeah. I mean, it's stunning that they didn't, because this was such a, like, this was a guy making the movies that he had seen, you know, to the best of his abilities, and that's why that charm is just there, but it becomes a total detective noir thriller. There's, yeah, that ceiling fan shot, It's we get that old classic detective who has, like, very few things to say. I recognize that actor. He's like a lower-budget William Atherton. Okay, yeah. <laughs> lower-budget David Caruso. Pre-NYPD Blue. Another, like, blonde, bearded cop. Yeah. You can't trust him. Yeah, that blondish ginger, <laughs> that strawberry blonde with the with the flesh beard yeah. cop. No, you thank can't you. trust that, The dude. Ravens don't care for him. Uh-uh. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We've been getting a lot of flesh beard cop lately. <laughs> Mustache cop is just kind of offensively, you know, ugly on its sight, but flesh beard cop is a real dick in the dirt moment right there <laughs> that's just ugly on ugly man and so you just know this guy's a, a it's so bad that when scum he when, when our cop finally gets pushed into a waxwork he loses the beard do you notice that when yeah because our cop then goes to investigate the waxwork gets pushed into the mummy display suddenly clean shaven <laughs> like no one would have that beard in the mummy times apparently <laughs> Sorry, they bro. gotta keep you gotta lose the they beard gotta for keep mummy. the anachronisms in check in these waxwork displays yeah that mummy line it does have this same level of gross expertly done trauma kind of gore mm-hmm. like you get a mummy crushing a guy's skull by stepping on it this is top you get a great like mummy stuff you get a great like entrobe it would look kind of like a watermelon Getting yeah. stepped on, but here it looks like a dude's face bones getting crushed and blood oozing out. And uh, you get, but you still get this silly line where some guy reverently says, It's the mummy. <laughs> and then uh, that flesh beard guy goes, Shit! <laughs>
That's what I would do. <laughs> That's a good mummy. As a guy that doesn't really go for the mummy stuff, this is a good mummy sequence. Yeah. I'm like, that mummy's going to fucking get you. This is a gross, like, they they went the, the best way to go with mummy is go to, like, the kind of rotting mummy look, you know? Did you notice, though, how Anthony Hickox uh, sneaks in the girl sitting with the... With the legs up and the panties exposed in this yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the weird there's thing. A weird, is, there's a weird, like... But the movie doesn't have nudity. The movie gets yeah. weirdly sexual oh. and kind of overly long sexual Super at, at, weird. at some point. In the next act. We talk tonal shifts, man. We'll get to the oh. Deborah Foreman wax trip. But the movie never... It's not like a, a titties kind of horror movie. It's just like, no, or, we're going to have a bunch of gore and right. then a bunch of teased sex stuff. You know, it's not like it's going weird, gross, cutting class like. Right, it's not we're gonna totally. I molest Jill Sholin, but he throws in all these. Uh, it lets you do the work. Yeah, I think is what it without is. actually having any nudity. I'm pretty sure. I think that's true. I don't think it's that kind of. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It's not that kind of. I would have remembered if I saw China. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know. We're gonna cut. I that guess. Part. De- yeah, China. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's a dumb question. Michelle, give me a call. But uh, uh, <laughs> but it's such a yeah. We get the Night of the Living Dead sequence. Oh yeah. I heard they had to edit out. Uh, we got a pretty fun Phantom of the Opera gag. We're the one football jock because I guess I guess there are still college slash high school football right. jocks. He gets the briefest of interludes he where he the, yeah we got to bring the, immediately. It's such an, you have this whole extra like tertiary guy. This guy is so useless to the movie, and he just has to keep coming back just to get killed in some quick scenario. Yeah, and we do get those great shots of uh, real bodies as the waxwork people with the eye movement. Clearly, know? real people shifting in their place mm-hmm. and breathing on camera. Yeah, as as the supposed waxworks. Yeah, these guys look real, real. All right, it's really. Uh, it, unsettling it's unsettling stuff yeah. and we get this weird shift when deborah foreman gets sucked into the the marquis de sade oh man and we get this long over the top uh orgasm whipping like <laughs> that's it you you could have such uh, a such a time you could have put that on a ballot of like what do you think is going to show up in waxworks yeah it's gonna be like Mummy scene. Okay, yeah, probably. I know. Probably, yeah, I could see a mummy. There is a mummy after all in this tagline, a barrel full of them. Yeah, exactly. I get it. I see there's a bunch of shit behind the door. (laughs) Extended uh, look into the life and times of the Marquis de Sade. Yeah, we just go like we just go like full documentary feature on on the sadist Marquis de Sade. I kind of didn't know who that was. Like I kind of know the name, but I had to look him up. Real piece of shit. Turns out, yeah. Not a good dude. I think... Uh, the the movie uh, Salo is based on oh, him. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The, the Sodom. You know, the... 120 Days 120 of Sodom. 120 Days of Sodom. That's the, him. The classic. You have that on Laserdisc? No! <laughs> you don't have the Salo You don't have to release. get that one for me. I don't have to search that one? We're good. You don't, Maybe it'll just come up in a lot. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> some guy, guy selling when Harry met Sally also checked out Pier Pasolini. Actually, the disc came in the jacket for Harry <laughs> met Sally. Yeah. yeah. Total mix-up. The up. best mix-up. Date uh, night Date night went wrong. Yeah. it. I think we could be the first to say it, but I think 
Marquis de Sade is canceled. I would like to say fuck the Marquis yeah, de Sade. Yeah, you know what? I'm canceling that dude. Uh, but such a weird, yeah, such a weird wax uh, work for Deborah Foreman to go into as the girl who then gets whipped by this uh, sadist and uh, is is into it. Is into it. Yeah, we really Sweating get... to the oldies. That, like I said, the movie has no, no nudity and no, you know... <laughs> implications of like i can't believe she slept with that guy when it was still a teen drama but then suddenly it's deborah foreman getting brought to orgasm by by whippings for like real time <laughs> quite a you while just get like real time like deborah 12 years foreman of slave style whippings <laughs> <laughs> well and i would say there's some major differences <laughs> between the two same exact whip um <laughs> like I would say this one's different. All right, so th- in only a couple All ways, right, I I'll guess. I'll take that back. Waxwork more like the roots whippings. Yeah, it's a little similar roots. to those. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, we we have this but kind whipping. of great history of these Salem witch trial whipping uh you know these kind of torture killing movies mark of the devil and that kind of thing i wasn't expecting we wax have a great work. history of that <laughs> i'm just saying there's movies based solely around there's a precedent this. yeah and i was not I expecting wax work to bring that up no you don't really see the marquis de sade on the cover with all the melty uh, wax figures. yeah the cover really looks they don't let you know the cover of wax work is so sick it's if i may again the it's some of the best 80s i don't think there's any more effective 80s box art for a movie yeah i like i said i love the popcorn one with the half skull face that doesn't really have anything to do with the movie hans is really the only thing relevant to the movie in this poster there's no kind of melting seat faces but i want to see what this movie's about and I love that the movie... The, 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 the poster is not Hans waving you into the Marquis de Sade no. whipping room. Check out this sadomasochism. Hey. <laughs> this French guy is going to be naughty for yeah. a while. Uh, yeah, so the poster is kind of false advertising, but in a way that is not disappointing. Because the movie true. goes beyond some of the stuff that you might be expecting from the poster. Right. I think there's a good track record of just not being disappointed by... 80s horror video art i don't think i think horror video art was a dependable litmus i think uh you know i got tricked several times by video game box art oh yeah you know i bought deadly towers because of the like you know john michael thor like viking cover the video game looked nothing like thor oh there was no abs anywhere to be found so video games i think were very deceptive horror movies if it had cool art I defy you to find me one that, that doesn't live up to its art. It's got at least something valuable. And Waxwork is just, it gives you that Marquis de Sade orgasm <laughs> whipping that you didn't know you were wanting. But then Zach Galligan, like Neo, realizes he's in the Matrix and that nothing can hurt him. Zach and- Galligan I feel so bad for in this movie because he's such a, first he has to be a whiny rich boy, then he has to get rejected pretty hard by deborah foreman who like yeah. uh really is like look i think you're really attractive but i'm not interested in you in she, any way she gives him the uh, i find you very attractive but i want more yeah just Ugh, more than this. more than what gonna need more out of you <laughs> I, and she's got to be like okay 
All right. She drops this. within 20 minutes of the movie. She basically drops a, I just know I'm better and I can do better. And I believe yeah. in my worth. So I really think you're attractive. I just can shoot higher. And he's breaking up with China basically as the movie opens. Mm-hmm. When she tells him to dig it or fuck off, that's to him. Mm-hmm. And she, Dig it or fuck off. Yeah. I can see why you, you fell for China. I like China. Deborah she, Foreman always gets those cute dresses and stuff. She's just cute. She's fun. I love seeing her on the screen. I do love her. Uh, the, the end of this is they figure mm. out they have to go. They, we get such a. This, this they, movie they have to has go burn the, the waxworks down. Of and, course. And what does Deborah Foreman wear to the burning down of a waxwork? <laughs> but a sleeveless flower dress and, like, white pumps. (laughs) She had a look for this movie. It was so great. change your outfit, honey. Like, that's part of the work here. That's part of the, like, I can't, I gotta believe David Lynch was a waxwork fan because you know. Oh, she's going in, like, Laura Dern in Blue Velvet, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're wearing the skirt. You're wearing the high heels. (laughs) You, You gotta look good for this, for your big event. It's that same weird kind of, David Lynch populate in a small town with like debutantes yeah, kind of feel. Pretty much. And we get one of those finishes to this movie where you have to assume they're like, we're going over budget. We're just going <laughs> to blow it up. We're going to go all out. Because the movie just suddenly ends with just this Pier 6 brawl. They go find that, uh, you talked about that older actor. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sir Willard or whatever. Uh, yeah, they recruit this old vet and... They rally the town around, basically, this is when the movie's Frankenstein at this point, where yeah. this townsfolk want to get these waxwork carnies out of their town. Well, they yeah, he seems to know that this is like someone who's been around a while. Mm-hmm. Like, we find out the waxwork man has been around generations, it's, and he's, he's an evil man. He's, it's, it's, that, it's, uh, uh, it's something, something wi- wicked this way comes. Yes, it's it is. The, it's the decades-long carny that never ages. It's, it's the evil... In a small town that Stephen King always writes about, it's that which is like my favorite thing. Oh, it's great! I, in fact, this is. It is very. I good. wish Waxwork was even more of a small town movie. <laughs> I would love for it to be a an invading small town carny force. They really spend the least amount of time possible on that. It's just like, oh yeah, the new Waxworks is open. That's it. Yeah. Well, then Inside suddenly to wrap it up. Suddenly, suddenly the whole town knows about the bad shit going down. Yeah. And you get you get that small town feel when the the cavalry shows up the, and it's just all old dudes in plaid overalls. It's this great wielding like uh rakes. I mean, it has like, to be We're going to get them. We need to wrap this up some way, so we'll just end it with like a big brawl. Yeah. That that's it. We'll just there's Same no Same thing like, that uh, Black Christmas 2019 did. Yes. Just huge brawl. We're just going to have Yeah, we're going to turn the, you know, Oh, God. They did this one way better than 2019 Black Christmas. Way better. Well, eventually, all the waxworks wake up. Mm-hmm. They get enough souls or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, there's like a alien doctor waxwork we didn't get it's to so see? so great. There's a plant from Little Shop of Horrors waxwork we didn't get to see? They go, that's why like, this movie goes all to of that a sudden big, there's 30 waxworks things that's that why come I'm saying this felt like they could do episodes on each one of these this feels like an anthology so series I love how just that's why I love the joy behind it's like behind Cabin it. in the Woods or something where they just mm-hmm. they, we're just gonna give you Bob the kitchen Keen got sink. to go and make all Everything. of the prosthetics and props and characters he could fit into a movie it's beautiful because yeah you get the alien doctor with like the you get the baby like from It's heads. Alive. Oh, you get the you get snake 
a King Cobra head oh, person from the you get it's I bet it's from the movie S- the the where a scientist turns yeah. a man into a oh, cobra yeah. so we get this great disgusting half formed cobra it's like he just suddenly got to ex- display a uh, fifteen of his creature creations right at the end all at the exact same time so you're seeing all these you get a a uncredited cameo Kane Hodder played Frankenstein. Ooh, the Frankenstein sure. wax guy. He moved exactly. Great. He moved exactly like him. Very cool Frankenstein that looks nothing like a traditional. Yeah, it was not a universe. universal. It was look. more the a melted face kind of. Really cool. It's kind of a Jason Voorhees Frankenstein. Yeah, I can actually. see that. They wanted to have a Voorhees gag. I bet this was their way around it because they wanted to do a Jason gag, where instead of the Phantom of the Opera with the real Phantom of the Opera, the gag was supposed to be Voorhees in his. Mask and oh, with a head, a waxwork Jason, and the guy goes, "Whoa, a Jason Voorhees sculpture!" And the, and then the the guy the joke was they made movies about the Jason killings, Ooh, like the the right. that David Warner was supposed to be around so long he didn't even know there was. <laughs> so there was going to be winks like that. <laughs> that right, probably kept, better uh, that that did not no, happen. But that was the kind of I'm comedy sure. that they were cutting out while still leaving in a lot of other right. comedy. Right. So I don't know. It felt like they cut the edges off of certain things from both directions. Less of the gore, less of the comedy. And then it kind of left us in the middle with a ridiculous ending. And I love Deborah Foreman suddenly just getting to be the ass kicker oh, at the yeah. end. Zach Galligan was given. He looks like a chud in this movie, man. He looks like he's stuck in a tucked in polo shirt. Yeah. For he, an hour, this thing. He, he looks like he uh, had a lot of ice cream on set. I don't know. No. Just, he's, he fills it out pretty The polo pretty shirt does well. not give flattening angles. A tucked-in polo is just going to hide your... Like, it's going to hug Love Handle. And he's wearing these dad jeans. That was also his name in the movie. L- hug Love Handle. <laughs> hug love. <laughs> he's wearing these, like, high-waisted dad jeans that are also high water. Yeah. And then this tucked-in dad gray polo really weird choice i like him at the i kind of it's one of those where i end up actually liking these characters even though they're supposed to be obnoxious and i mean obviously i love china love her sure love china well they got rid of bobby briggs (laughs) immediately but i love bobby briggs in this uh you know i love all the kids yeah it's a good collection of kids i want to keep these guys around some good kids and i i kind of you know galligan does this thing he he gets Foreman to snap out of it they go on a rampage. He gets to swashbuckle with the yeah. He swashbuckles. At the end. She headbutts a guy. <laughs> she just headbutts a guy. She, she shotgun blasts another guy. She kills. She murders Hans. She oh, gets the kill oh, on yeah. Hans. She puts Hans in the plant from in the, uh, in the, in the in Little the, Shop of Horrors, and it even says "Feed me." <laughs> How did they get Hans away is, with that one? Hans is such a yeah right. That's what I'm saying. The movie is making these references the whole time. You could tell all these cuts were probably them making like a them. I'll throw in this line that I heard from this other movie, and that's when that's why we get weird oh. time jumps. Okay, my favorite part of that that that, that line schmoz, from another yeah. thing is at the final end, Dracula turns into a bat. Oh, someone grabs the bat. <laughs> Somebody just and you this and bat. you hear. Someone say, I don't know who says it, but someone says, make my day. And he blows the bat away with a Colt 45. He just holds the bat in his hand like it's a... He holds his bat with a... He catches this... So yeah, this this vampire character who is such like a sicko cannibal in the earlier part of the movie, 
His death, he turns into a bat, gets immediately grabbed out of the air by a man, and then the man cocks a pistol straight at the the bat's head with his other hand. And just Someone blows. says, make my day, straight out just, of the dirty air. He Why blows did, this bat just in I, half. Why did Dracula get the dirty hairy line? <laughs> For a guy that they gave such a build-up to, they just are like, all right, everybody needs to go. We need to off all of these people and quick. That bat just got pistol just point blank. I'm just imagining Bella Lugosi saying, make my day. <laughs> Oh I'm surprised God. they didn't do a Bella Lugosi. I mean, if they're How? if they're dropping uh, Maurice Chevalier references, you know, it's the Bella Lugosi Man. would have felt more modern than that. No, that's great. They shoot they shoot that bat in the fucking face. Yeah. It is so <laughs> that funny. That takes it to the <laughs> face, and they shoot that baby like the 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 it's alive baby gets thrown <laughs> yeah. and then like shotgunned. Yeah, man. People are just getting. Zach Galligan. They totally just go over so over the top. Everybody's at the end. becoming a man at the it's, end. Zach Galligan so just stabbing people through the throat with broadswords. Old people just dying. People get messed up in this scene. Foreman eventually finale. axes the Marquis de Sade in the back. I think. Yeah, she gets her comeback, even though the movie made us show her wanting it. They really went there and then gave her her just kill right out of nowhere. She was possessed. Uh, she, she was, was possessed. possessed. She, she was didn't under know that spell. She didn't know what she was doing. It was doing. like a Fright Night scenario. And they end up uh, just burning the whole thing down. I love the end. Yeah. Where they just burn the That's whole it. thing down. And then the <laughs> Adams Family hand. Oh, well, we got a whole thing away. scene. The thing scene was really great. And in yeah. the Night of the Living Dead, we get a great zombie hand effect. Really well done that keeps Rabbing gripping him it. in ways. Yeah. Really felt really Bruce cool. Campbell y, you know, with a very Sam Raimi hand uh, gags. Definitely. Definitely. So cool. So many good things. And uh, and then we get It's My Party by Leslie Gore pl- blaring yes. over the end credits. Man, I so want to make a movie just my to wax have work party. that song play at the end. Yeah. Because that is maybe the most what the fuck part of this whole movie is just wax work, wax work, wax work, burn down the building. Yeah, a lot Classic of Classic monsters, wax work, wax work. It's my party, and I'll cry <laughs> if I want to. Like, I love that song. Man, you I was just, not expecting you that just do song, anything, though. I guess. You can just do whatever you want with the movie. When my mother it. turned 65, she wanted to go on a cruise to celebrate. And I did not want to go on a cruise, but it was her 65th birthday wish, and so I went on this cruise. Okay. I don't like being stuck out at sea on this weird germ barge, but cruises are also super relaxing. This was also in the middle of COVID. No, <laughs> several years ago. Um, so one night, I, you know, they do cruise ship karaoke, and I scouted tunes, and I was gonna do it. A lot of people were pretty uninspired. A lot of friends in low places. We get it. Three other people did it tonight. That kind of stuff. Don't stop believing. Garbage. Yeah. So I was scanning the catalog for the first night. Wanted something to knock it out. I decided on it's my party. Wow. I was like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it the Brian Ferry style. Brian Ferry did a cover of it that you should look up. It's two minutes, and it's amazing. I'll have to, yeah. The person before me, it was a lady on her birthday doing It's My Party, <sighs> and she had the worst singing voice <laughs> possible. It was brutally bad, so awkward, 
somehow didn't know half the lyrics, even though it is a two-minute song that repeats its chorus through half of it. She just butchered this thing. And I was supposed to be on next, and I was going to actually do it fun and serious, and I have an okay voice. And I was like, is this going to look like I'm mocking this woman? <laughs> is it going <laughs> to... How much controversy will I start if I do this Leslie Gore song on a cruise ship? Because cruise ship people oh, run man. in gangs. Oh. Families of 40 show up on these things, You're and she was from them. a big one. I was on my own, and I don't know how offensive my Brian Ferry swishy It's My Party would go. It felt like I would be pointing directly at her. I know what I would have done. Mocking as her As soon death. as she started, I would have gone over that, the uh, karaoke DJ and been like, You need to cancel my song. Yeah. We're done. Oh, I'm- I left. Oh, good. They good. would have called my name to an empty room. Uh, I, 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 I will not be here for that. It was a two-minute song, just like if there was a room with more than three birds into it, and I would get out of there. <laughs> the second I played out this situation in my head, I was gone before the second half of the song. I went back to my room and watched Jurassic Park for the fourth time. <laughs> I feel you, man. And... Uh, yeah, so I don't know why that song is playing at the end of Waxworks, but <laughs> it's so good. We've been on an odd, unexpected. This is a great theme for us. We keep getting great end of credit songs when it kind of started with "Sweet Child of Mine" bumping in at the end of "Bad Dreams." Yeah, and us finding out that before th- that song was a month away, and it would have been a "Bad Dreams" featured video, which is the best bit of horror trivia i found out all year instead of like stephanie seymour looking 1987 hot it would have been like burned face richard lynch (laughs) forever associated with that song one month difference it would have been burned richard lynch forever right in that video another world Ugh, and i don't know why but I love that It's My Party just cuts in for no reason. Uh, maybe just Anthony Hickok going, hey, it's my party, baby. This is it, I man. get to do what I'm I out. want. I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. <laughs> I made a movie and wrote a movie. Waxwork is cool. It's also on Prime right now. It is. This is a video store classic. This is such a big, important movie in my horror history just for, you know, Society wasn't a movie I have any memory of seeing in the video store. I didn't see Society until deep in my 20s. Right. But Waxwork was one I sought out. Waxwork was a cover that stuck with me. And it's just such a fun movie. It's not what the cover promises. It's something weirder and different. Here's the other thing. I haven't seen Waxwork 2, Lost in Time. It does not have Deborah Foreman, so I was not as geared up. Right. But I think I got to come back. I think might, I got to come back to this this wax work. It might come to that. With no Hans, though. Oof. I know. That's a tough sell. No Foreman no Hans, or no Hans. No Foreman, no China. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to that. Well, I know wax work. The OG. The original. The OG. On Prime right now. It's, it is It's great. kind of a deep cut. Like I said, it's a VHS classic. It's Vestron. You know, it's that era of great. But if you like eighties movies, you wow. got you, you got to do yourself a favor. Here. Yeah, this is going to be a cult favorite of I yours think if, if, if you've n- not seen. Yeah, it. if nothing else, it belongs in that canon of. You can't the not 80s love a greats. movie that tries this much shit. That just tries this <laughs> many ideas, gets away with it. Those sneaky kids. I just can never not love these. 80s makeup effect extravaganzas whatever the idea is just this like 
some guy getting to show all of his work, all of his gooey handiwork that he spent nine months on. I love it. Waxwork is one of those great uses of a practical effects legend, Bob Keen. So it's cool. Check out Waxwork. Do it. Do it. It's come to this. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good night.